0: it is a bitch to build wealth and it is a bitch to play the game in America. Hi everyone, I'm Sid Charisse.
1: And I'm David Bosher. And you're listening to Destroy the Hairdresser. Where we teach you to salon differently. After years of searching, we finally found a software that does it all. Introducing Aura Salonware. With Aura, you have the simple tools to streamline your business, such as a card on file, settings for hourly pricing, and even station sharing options. Implement communication boundaries with clients by interacting directly through Aura. Finally, a software that takes your business as seriously as you do. If you're interested in this type of profit maximization, visit aurasalonware.com DTH to receive special discounts and promos.
0: As a hairdresser, I know the struggle of managing your back bar and that's where our friends at SalonSkill come to play. While you weigh your products with their app, SalonScale automatically tracks your products used, making inventory management a breeze. Not to mention, they also save your formula. They are a digital solution for backbar management, and they really make it easy. You know we're both big on knowing your numbers, and SalonSkill does just that. Visit Salonskill.com/dth and use the code DTH10 at checkout for 10% off your first year. This finger means I
1: have something to say, and you and silky nutmeg ganache. <laughs>
0: <What>? <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> only the only the you know real it grinds ones grind my gear.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, something that we. I know that I am trying to make it my life goal is to really get people to understand wealth in a big picture I way. I gave up.
1: I'm not helping anyone <laughs> get this anymore. I got gotcha. you. What if I just quit right now? What if I got up right now and said, I quit? I'd be like, sit your ass down. (laughs) No, you don't. (laughs) I'm so tired of trying to help people understand how to make money. It's exhausting. And they want to argue how not to make money.
0: Okay, well, we just talked about this in the past episode, and it's one, because of lack of risk-taking and also lack of capacity. As I get older, I have more empathy... I.
1: I'm having a very different experience.
0: <laughs> as I look to you. I have more empathy because, I, like, I'm almost looking. It's not triggering me anymore. And I think before I would get frustrated that because I, I would see their, I would see their potential and they couldn't. So it would frustrate me as a coach because I'm like, I just want to shake, I want to shake the fear out of them, and then they would overcome it and be like, Oh, I should have listened to you from the beginning. I'm like, Yeah, you should have. Now, as I've gotten older in my coaching, I've been teaching and educating and coaching for, oh my God, over a decade. And I now have a lot more empathy because now I'm seeing how small their vessel is and what they're missing. And so now I'm trying to create solutions as a coach to come around different paths and avenues to see it. And sometimes that's also just means...
1: Like, gotcha, you're gotcha. wealthy now.
0: And sometimes it means setting a boundary and being like, I can't coach you anymore because you're not willing to get uncomfortable and do the thing. So this is a waste of my time and energy, which was a hard thing to do because we come from a hairdresser mindset of we have to take every client and we can't get rid of them. We have to please everyone. And going into coaching and being a coach, I also realized that we can do the same thing as set a boundary of saying, if you are not willing to do the work, I am not willing to coach you anymore.
1: You can set that boundary with anyone in your life. Yeah, I um, <laughs> just had a call with a student la- last week, and I said if you do if you don't increase your price to this number,
0: which for context, you had been talking to them about this, and they were not doing it over and over and over again. It had been,
1: yeah, yeah. For context, I am allowed. I'm allowed to talk to my student that way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you don't have to know the context. necessarily. <laughs> context. Context, oh my God. Contents. context, content.
0: Contacts.
1: Contacts, <laughs> 1-800. But um, yeah, for context, I, I am really tough with my students, but I we also have a They're big also h- very
0: big and high achievers.
1: So I said, if you don't raise your price point to this by our next phone call, don't schedule your next phone call because we're not coaching together anymore. Because in my head, why the hell are you paying me so much money
0: to not to take not my advice, do it. yeah.
1: And like in the end, this person did it, and it was incredible, and it's great, of course, and it's a risk because the risk is what, not what, how. It's not the moment you do it; it's the responsibility you take afterward, and that is hard. But that's, I think, people when they get into coaching, they do the things like, "Well, I did this, I did this," and it's like, "No," but now we take responsibility for it. Yeah, not. I, especially, I, we don't allow this at all in our program. But when people go, "Well, you told me to do this, and I did, and it didn't," whatever that that doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I'm like, "Did you follow through? You can't just do the thing out of pride." And you can't,
1: I, you can't do anything that <laughs> yeah. way.
0: Are you S- continuing to manage the responsibility of the risk that you? Uh, yeah. We, are you taking you responsibility
1: yeah. for what you're doing? Because if you can't take responsibility for it, I I don't recommend doing it. So
0: that's a whole different conversation. That's a different
1: conversation. But like I also, if your student said I, also, I am
0: I cannot take responsibility for that, like that would be a whole different coaching.
1: And I might be able to say and I can't take responsibility for you anymore yeah. for this conversation. It's a I think people find that I think they get kind of it's jarring. But it's like why else did you pay me?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: To just keep giving me money but you don't make any more?
0: Well, a lot of people think that's how that's how it should be. Like, I'm paying you. No, no. I'm if I'm also... not making
1: my students wealthier, how are they going to keep paying me?
0: Exactly.
1: I can't make them poor. Yeah. I mean, you will if they don't listen to <laughs> exactly. you. Exactly. So it's like, I. it's just so, we're very tough on our students. We demand a level of excellence and performance. And we're not for everyone. If you're not ready for that, it doesn't, it's not. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. But we're not one of those programs that you just, come Pay in us and, and
0: maybe don't show up.
1: Yeah, no, we're not. We're
0: going to hold you to showing up. I think I, we have
1: a rule in our contract that if you don't show up for like 3 like 2 months or something, yeah. you just it we just cancel the program. We just cancel you. We could be assholes and just keep charging. Yeah. But I
0: don't it want doesn't that. feel right. Mm-mm.
1: And it also, I'm taking responsibility. I'm I don't want
0: We that. also don't hold people to like if someone wants to quit, we're like bye. Yeah, go. I like, and our doors open. We cancel when it you're immediately, ready. and you can come back when you want. Like, I, I think there's some reassurance in that. Like, we, there's freedom in like when you want to leave, you leave, and then there's freedom if you want to come back, you want to come back. Like, the reality of, and this is the same thing as a non compete. Like, the reality of holding someone to paying me money when I'm not coaching them anymore for the sake of it doesn't make sense to me. My energy, is I'm like, soft. get out of here. If you don't want to be here, go. Like, that's okay.
1: But it is always shocking to me. How many people want to argue about why they should make less money?
0: Uh, Fully convinced. They'll die
1: on it. They'll die on that sword.
0: I've literally said that. I'm like, is this a hill you want to die on? Like you look at me in the eye and tell me you do not want to make more money.
1: I told the doorman that the other day when he got mad that my dogs peed on the sidewalk by the flowers. He said, please don't let your dogs pee on these flowers. And I said, is that really a hill that you want to die on today?
0: <laughs> Ironically, I had the same. So in Chicago, because there's no... I just
1: want to point out, the dogs are... All the dogs yeah, are, peeing are peeing on that flower bed. On that flower bed. That's Whether they live in that building, or why not. my dogs peed on it. <laughs> but it's like, that's not how it works outside on the streets of Manhattan. I for the same damn thing. No.
0: I'm like, there's no... It, uh, just for... This is such a sidebar conversation, but the in, where I live in downtown Chicago, I live in literally like the Times Square of Chicago, and the only grass around me is the major park, and they forbid dogs being in it, so sometimes we sneak them in. But so the, our dogs have gone accustomed to going on sewer drains, like that is their grass.
1: Because they're polite.
0: They're city dogs, and <laughs> I remember that there was a sewer what, too close to a business, and the it wasn't even the owner of the business. They were like, your dog can't be there. I'm like, I guarantee you. Can I you... ask
1: you a question? Yeah. Was it a woman? No. Oh, it's always women for me.
0: Really? No. It's always it's always a man for me.
1: Weird. Mm-hmm. Women like to tell me what to do with my dogs.
0: I mean, I am a woman, so men like to tell me what to do. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Anyways, speaking of that. And then I'm like, am I not gay enough to be your best friend? So you're gonna... <laughs> that's a whole other conversation. That
0: was a whole other episode. You know, something that's really important That I, like, that's what I was saying in the beginning of this episode, I am going to fight for this until I die. This is a hill I'm willing to die on. Is getting hairdressers and really anybody to understand the big picture of wealth on paper.
1: It sounded like you said the bitch picture. I did. (laughs) (laughs) The bitch picture of wealth.
0: Subconsciously, I probably did. It is a bitch to build wealth. (laughs) And it is a bitch to play the game in America. But... That's what we have to start thinking about is the big picture of wealth on paper. And I don't know why our industry is so anti-building wealth on paper. The government does not care if you made $70,000 in tips. The government wants to see what you made on paper. You will not be able to buy a house. You will not be able to get a business loan. You will not be able to grow your life in the way that you want to if we do not start making wealth on paper.
1: Not the government, the banks. The
0: banks, yeah. Yeah.
1: The government cares a lot. That's true. If you
0: are, are not making claiming 70s. tips,
1: <laughs> but but yeah, it, you can't go buy a house when you are trying when you and your accountant are trying to make it look like you don't make any money. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. And all, if I all,
0: have an accountant that suggest, there are loopholes sometimes, yes, but they are still legal loopholes. But yeah. if I have an accountant that's like, let's not, and I'm like, you're sketch. I do not want to be a part. Of it. We had an accountant like that. And
1: I was like... It did not work out. It
0: did not work out for anybody. And we had In to In all fire. fairness,
1: he was like that. And we didn't know it.
0: Yeah. We were also really young and didn't know.
1: It was our first business accountant. Yeah. And I think a lot of accountants out there, they think they're helping. First of all, the problem is they look at hairdressers like, oh, they're just, hair. they're just a hairdresser. Mm-hmm. They're just a salon owner. There's like, already a stigma. It's not a real stereotype. business. Like they don't make lots of money. And I think that's a problem. Our right? students
0: have shocked accountants with the amount of money they're making. Our accountant gets we, shocked by our students that they work with.
1: We have had more accountants tell our students, I've never seen a salon make this type of profit. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it was possible. And it's just always funny. They're like, we get referrals from accountants. Like yeah. people will tell accountants will tell other, other hairdresser clients about us, which I think is cool because they're like, this is. You know, and I now what's cool is when an accountant goes, "Oh, you're going to carry retail." <laughs> yeah, you haven't heard.
0: Yeah, you should go <laughs> listen to Distro right <laughs> there,
1: Oh, you have a front desk. That's not a good idea. That's a bad business. And now a word from our sponsors.
0: We have partnered with Hair Story, a product line that is good for our clients, our planet, and our bank account. Have you heard of New Wash? It's like a shampoo, but actually good for your hair. New Wash is a cleansing cream that cleans and conditions without the harsh foams and damaging detergents found in traditional shampoos. HairStory does things differently, creating more conscious options that respect the environment and your hair ecosystem. Ready to try new wash for free? Visit HairStory.com slash DTH to get pro access today.
1: Living in America is a monopoly game. It really is. And if you I don't, personally love a game. I do too. <laughs> If you don't know how to play the game, it's overwhelming, and we shut down, and we throw our hands up, and we go, fucking And we're fucking in the forget. jail. And <laughs> we're in jail. We don't pass go. Mm-hmm. And we go, you know what, forget it. And so then we start cheating and playing our own version.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or we just don't take it seriously. And then you have a whole group of people that don't take the game seriously. They don't take themselves seriously. Then they then the conspiracy of everyone's out to get my money, which is kind of funny because you're, you're not even trying to make any. Yeah. So if you're going to live in America or any country where capitalism is, you know, the governing consciousness of mm-hmm. the people, um, you have to learn how to play the game. And you should start to enjoy it. Because until you do, until you learn the rules and until you start to enjoy the process, you're going to get really frustrated and feel like uh, everyone's out to get you when really you just aren't good at playing the game. Yeah. But let me tell you, once you get good at playing the game, all of a sudden you, you're not so mad anymore. You're not so frustrated at you know, small things that really aren't affecting you, you start to really you start to really take responsibility because you know what you're doing. You know how to play. And
0: the result is the people that have built true wealth, they start to use their money more proactively where they're investing in buildings or businesses that are providing jobs for people, like good jobs, which is helping the community, then they're they're making more money and if they're not a wad. and you know, they're actually really good at that. They're also looking at how they can invest their money into ha- truly making change in the community, which is charity on a whole different level. And then it's less about being affordable and more about being charitable. And I'm, that's the big thing too. It's like our our industry tries to constantly shrink themselves and their lack of growth, and that's hurting everyone it drives me. We've talked about it insane. so much because you can do more as an impactful business owner for providing jobs, providing opportunities, then you're making more money that you have more time to give your time to places that need you and then it creates a whole different wealthy experience and you know we talk about wealth too like not only does your wealth have to reflect on paper but it also has to reflect in your what you're able to save and what you're able to invest and how many avenues of revenue you have and if you are not and we talk about this all the time. Be, well, I'm a six figure hairdresser. I'm like, how much is in your savings account? A thousand? Okay, no, you're a thousand dollar hairdresser. Yeah.
1: Because you spent all your hair money. <laughs> or a four figures.
0: Don't try to think after we've been recording podcasts all day long.
1: <laughs> but it's true. It, you know, the, we have. Everyone does this thing. I, I'm very anti licensing and I'm, and everyone knows that and hates that about me. We've talked about it. we have a whole episode on Go Back and Listen. To Which by the way did not cause any problems. No
0: people actually because we were talking about what it
1: But then my post did... anyways yeah. <laughs> I I'm very anti licensing. I think it should be deregulated. And my point with that was
0: That it's just money in a business. Licensing no. is a business.
1: Yes. When people are trying to build wealth in a business, they think that that means how much I can work.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I work and I put money away. Savings is one thing.
0: It's not bad to have a savings account. Not
1: bad. But it's, I think it's we've It's not been, the end all be all. I think we've been taught by all like the boomer gurus. Oh, my mom,
0: my mom definitely did that. Like save your money. Do you have a savings? Cushions, having cushions. Absolutely. Yeah. But having, but that seemed
1: to be the only goal.
0: Yeah, there was no talks about investing that money. How can that money be making me money? No,
1: it's not saving. There's a difference between savings and hoarding. And it's I, hoarding. And I was I,
0: taught to hoard my money.
1: You know, I think it's a baby boomer thing because they came their their parents sure. were in the Great Depression. You know, you come out of that and you're taught to save, and they live in a time where the economy was really good and savings was easy.
0: That what for that for that generation that was the only that was building wealth.
1: But we don't live in a world. Like that, that supports saving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're you open Instagram. You're being sold. You go outside. You're being sold to. You turn on the TV. You're being sold like or you don't...
0: constant. You have to invest we're... in your business. Spend yeah. the money to make money. You have to you know all of that.
1: But you know, so saving money is good. But that's not the final part of the equation. What are, yeah? What are you investing in? Risk taking.
0: Yeah.
1: You're gonna have to try to invest in property if you want to be wealthy. You you have to. It's not an option. Mm-hmm. And even better is if you want to open a salon, buy the building. Now you're investing in property and running a, a business that you know how to run.
0: Invest in other people. Yeah. Invest in, ve- in other businesses. Your money should be making you money constantly.
1: I did you grow up with like the Dave Ramsey and the.
0: I, I. Not nev- grow up with, but. Yeah, I know who Dave it is Ramsey and, and, and heard-
1: then the woman. Um, I can't think of her name, but. Their, you know, their big battle cry as baby boomers is stop drinking, stop drinking coffee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you stop drinking coffee, you'd be a millionaire.
0: Yeah,
1: which is not true. It's not true. I understand the concept for sure, but I think we. I think people get into this. They get stuck with like. I can't tell you. First of all, I can't tell you how many hairdressers I know that have like fifty to one hundred thousand dollars in their savings account. Which is so impressive, but that's it. They don't mm-hmm. know what to do from there. Yeah. So they did They did the part that they were told to do. And then they kind of... that's Freeze, just, yeah. They freeze. And they naturally spend the rest because they're like, but I, I did the thing. I have the... It's like, well, we can do so much. Yeah. We can do so much more. We've,
0: we've had a couple coaches where... Um... Joy May actually taught this great class that we have called uh, Save Your Way to 101K because that was something and she shares how she got out of debt, saved that massive amount of money and then used that money to open her salon, which is now funding a, an incredible amount for her business, her life, her family, and then how she was able to also start to rebuild that savings again, which right. is going to result in...
1: Probably thing. another
0: salon or another business or something like that, you know, which is incredible.
1: I think we save for uncertainty, but we're also waiting for... Un- like, if you're going to save and then you stop, something is going to happen that requires that money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You can't be waiting for something to happen. You need to go make something happen. Yeah, That's the risk-taking part that we always talk about that I think people... That's why I'm saying you kind of have to upset people, especially if you grow up with parents like mine, where it's like you need to say what are, that's irresponsible. Everything I do to my family is irresponsible, yet it's working. So <laughs>
0: then they're all like, "Oh my god, I'm so proud of you!" Yeah, exactly. It's just because, it's irresponsible to them because they don't have the capacity to ever do that, and it is scary. Well,
1: the rules of the game changed. They absolutely changed. Like, I I do think with all we have, seven generations on the planet, mm-hmm. they all are giving their Version of the Matrix to each other, like we yeah. you know. Well, the Great Depression, and then well after World War II, yeah. and the crash in two thousand eight. Oh Even
0: God. us as millennials People were like talking about the crash. We, we had yeah, we had the we talk about that, and the Gen Zs like we don't fucking remember.
1: Yeah, Gen Zs like um the coronavirus yeah of twenty twenty. <laughs> like it doesn't matter what generation you're in. Like we all. We're all experiencing chaos. We're all experiencing uncertainty. We've
0: all created toxicity. And we've also all created really awesome things. Like, But what
1: that always stays the same, but what changes are how you play the game. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, a lot of millennials are playing the game like baby boomers or Gen X because they that's who taught them. Yeah. And they're trying to make them proud.
0: Gen Z's actually been the first generation that's actually said...
1: Forget it. They're like... We're, we're gonna, gonna do, do it our, our way,
0: want. yeah, and that's really inspiring because yeah. it's like
1: millennials are trying to live like boomers in an era that that does not work,
0: yeah
1: you are not going to stay at the same job for fifty years. you are not going to retire with a retire with a pension yeah you are not going to make enough money with just one job. Mm-hmm. you're probably not going be able to buy your first home until you're older, yeah, yeah. these are just different rules. there's yeah. nothing wrong with them, but you do have to have learn how kids to play later
0: them. families later,
1: which is I think is better. <sighs>
0: loving that life.
1: Boomers are like you got to save. It's like is that because you had me at 18?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'd be saving too. Is
1: it because you didn't have any money? <laughs> well,
0: so that's another talking about investment properties like having um my wife and I talk about it all the time. We we've invested in two homes right now. We have renters in them and we definitely want to do a third, maybe even a fourth. And um being we've talked about it like we're like those that's right that those houses are our child's savings for our child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They can either sell the house for college money, they can have the house on their own, they can be responsible, like whatever that looks like. And that's what we have to think. Like Whenever we've had situations where I'm like, I really want to do this, but we don't have money for it. And like, she reminds me, she's like, we can always sell a house. And that was the point of having that investment is like, that is or our savings. To ha- you
1: rent them out. Or
0: rent them out. Yeah, that you is our- You rent one of them
1: out, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And well, technically both of them, just one of the renters is my
1: mom. <laughs> Oh, right, right. So Sid makes her mom pay her rent. Yep. She's a lovely daughter. Whatever. <laughs> Sid's playing the game. I don't know what you guys are doing. <laughs> she really did the, uh, a whole flip. You're going to pay mom. me money to live in my house now. <laughs> I'm and the captain I'm now. I'm the
0: captain now. And so that that is exactly like what we're talking about, though, is like, Having that now in our savings account, our savings account doesn't become our security or our cushion. It becomes our new opportunities to invest right. or spend money on things that we work hard for, like a vacation or...
1: I think that's hard for millennials.
0: It really is. Again, because We give of... Gen X and I mean, we love all of our generations because I've learned something from every single one. But I like we also like to rag on our own generation. You and I are both millennials and they have fucked shit up too. Like...
1: Yeah. You know, it, I have guilt from being raised by boomers that, like, you shouldn't go on vacation. Yeah. You should be working. There
0: was a lot of restriction.
1: Was it, or su- was it su- restriction? Or was it supr- yeah, yeah. Like, it didn't feel fulfilling. Not restriction, yeah. It, or, like, I remember going to the movie theater and, like, we all shared one popcorn because <laughs> yeah. why would you all have your own popcorn? Exactly. And of course, now as the money, I'm like, we all get our own popcorn and it's ultra-sized. And
0: get your dirty ass hands out of my... Exactly. And I want it to
1: be this big. I'm only going to eat this much. But because of my childhood, I would like to order this one. It's true. It, we're dealing with that. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but it's a side effect. And I think that when you learn how to play the, the game in the generation that you are, it's why we have problems in politics. You have young kids that have ideas, but you have... Older people, ancient, <laughs> yes, let's politicians see. that
0: are like no,
1: yeah, your and, ideas, yeah, and they're like, well, matter. I know better because I was around when Reagan was president. And mm-hmm. You're like, I don't know if that was better. <laughs> so, long story short, I tell this to people all the time. This episode's going long because we are passionate about it, but I tell people all the time if you're getting into the industry and you think you're just going to open a salon and like that's it. Mm-mm. If you want to be a wealthy person, you your your salon needs to generate money so you can invest in other things such as property or open another location so you have another avenue over like you can't just be if You want
0: to truly retire and still have businesses that are making wealth for the generations behind you. Right. That's generational. I think wealth, people just think like starting to get it to build. Like,
1: oh, I'll be a hairdresser and I open a salon and that's it. It's like, no, that's the that's just the foundation. That's the baseline, yeah. And that's what we're trying to help salon and hairdressers understand is that what you think is the finish line is just the beginning of building your wealth and that's why we're so pro opening salons and commission salons and not doing rental and like
0: the game is set up for it
1: Yeah, we're, so we're setting you up at the start even though f- in your mind you may feel like that is the end it's kind of a it's kind of a mind fuck <laughs> If you will. Absolutely. <laughs> but that's it. That's all I got. The math ain't mathin'. The
0: math ain't mathin'.
1: Yeah, learn how to play the game. 1 800 DTH help.
0: Next time on Destroy the Hairdresser, the podcast.
1: Seniority is not a thing in 2023, it doesn't make any sense. You don't make more money just because you've been somewhere longer.
0: When there's other stylists below you that are putting in more effort, yeah does work more desire. Maybe you're better hairdressers.